Hello and welcome to another episode of Tax Updates with Ron Cohen. I'm a tax partner here at the firm of Greenstein, Rogoff, Olson and Company. We're in beautiful downtown Fremont, California. We do tax returns and tax planning and a number of other services. Our phone number is 510-797-8661. And you can also go to our website at www.groco.com. Today is April 29th. So far, we're all healthy and well with the not having been affected uh, too much with the Corona-19 virus, thank God. And our, But our clients sure have. And we're going to cover a number of issues. This week, we're going to cover uh, some uh, just uh, some information that came out yesterday about the stimulus or impact checks. We're going to talk about the um, foreign trust filings. The IRS put out a new announcement. We're going to talk about the PPP loan uh, additional appropriation bills that passed earlier this week and a few other items. Okay, first, a few caveats. Uh, one, take no reliance on anything you hear in this website. Uh, feel free to call us or call another otherwise uh, other qualified tax professional. Make sure you give them all the facts. They review them. They do their research. You're comfortable with it before you use any tax advice in a transaction or put a number on any tax return, federal or state, and file it. Oh, secondly, plagiarism is okay in the tax business. We're not writing any novels or works of art. So I will often take information from the uh, government sources, from other tax advisors, all kinds of things written on the internet. I'll try to give credit when I'm using someone else's work, but uh, uh, don't think that anything you hear on this podcast is an original thought. Third, no politics. You can listen all day and night to podcasts on politics, and we stay away from that. Um, while, however, sometimes politics drives tax policy, and I will mention it with regard to those, uh, those events. Um, fourth, I am no cheerleader for the tax law. While it's my profession and we do it right as best we can, remember on tax returns, you always have to get an A plus. Even though there may be a 40-step flow chart and 50 pages of regulations on one line of information you're putting on that tax return, you are required to get an A plus, not an A or a B or a C, an A plus, and make sure everything's filed just absolutely as best you can, although there are certain gray areas that we can argue about but uh, always do the best you can because that's the expectation, even though the Internal Revenue Service has no way to audit it in that much detail. That doesn't matter. You're still supposed to do the best possible job you can. Okay, again, we're at www.groco.com. So uh, we're going to do maybe about 30 minutes here of my tax-related ramblings. And I appreciate your uh, patience and listening in. Okay, uh, the first thing I want to discuss today is... Uh, with regard to people who are getting the stimulus or impact payments, depending on what definition you want to use. The IRS changed it a couple of times here. And um, for a lot of folks, especially our clients, they're not getting these payments because their adjusted gross income for 2018 and 19 was way too high. 
And so they don't qualify. Um, if you need to, um, so you will get a payment. A lot of uh, 88 million payments have gone out. About 80 mil million payments went out very quickly because the IRS had automatic deposit information. And I'm going to refer to a very bad situation with those automatic deposits in a minute here. Um, and the rest there cranking through the checks. There was a political upheaval because uh, President Trump uh, decided he wanted his signature on the checks. And, uh, well, that's not too bad because that takes six seconds to actually reprogram the commuter, computer to put his signature on it. So I'm not too upset about that. But uh, I do want to get into another issue with that. Um, uh, so if you, if you qualified, and again, if you have automatic deposits, so there's two issues, problems with automatic deposits and problems with letters that are being sent out with the check payments. Now, let me uh, go to the check payments first. Usually, we have all, perhaps at some time in our life, gotten checks from the Internal Revenue Service, and uh, it's a brown envelope with a check. It's kind of green ink, green and black. It has a, a picture of the Statue of Liberty. You immediately know what it is. When you see it in your mail, you go, oh my goodness, this is wonderful. The federal government sent me money. Usually it's a refund you expected, so there's no issue there, and you open it up. And often it will come with a little uh, postcard coupon uh, behind the check saying, hey, this is your refund and, and a few other bits of uh, not important information. And that's it, as it should be. Very straightforward. Here's your money. You've already filed your returns. You've already gotten confirmations about your returns. You may have gotten other correspondence from the IRS specifically related to taxes. You get your check. You get you and your wife to sign it. Uh, or whatever, and you uh, run and put it in the bank and hopefully don't have to think about taxes again for another 12 months. So that's the end of that. Well, so then we had the uh, Corona COVID-19 catastrophe. Uh, the Congress passed now two bills and they're on their way to a third and fourth. And um, the, uh, the federal government decided to send out $1,200 uh, to everyone with lower income. And uh, if you're filing joint, or if you're single, if you're filing joint, it's $2,400. If your income's below certain thresholds, an extra $500 per child. Uh, again, below certain thresholds. And, um, and if you get it all wrong, right, or if you haven't filed for 2019, that's no problem. They'll go look back at 2018. If 2018 income was high, but 2019 is low, uh, there'll be a true up calculation on your 2020 return. So you'll get your money one way or the other. Again, most of our clients aren't getting any money, myself included, because our income's too high. No complaints, just the way it is. So then um, again, they, they uh, first slowed the presses down for six seconds to reprogram it to say for those who are getting checks, not just automatic deposits, they reprogram computers, sign the check, Donald Trump, uh, and okay, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to be objective. That's not too big a deal. Uh, some of you may feel very strongly about that, and I don't disrespect your, your feelings. That's, that's fine, whatever. But it wasn't a big delay. But now people are getting letters. This was reported by USA Today uh, on April 28th. And in your envelope with your check in green and black ink with a picture of the Statue of Liberty, in your check with signed by Donald Trump uh, came this letter and the country said and the letter said, 
Our country is experiencing an unprecedented public health and economic challenge as a result of the global coronavirus pandemic. Our top priority is your health and safety. As we wage total war on this invisible enemy, we are also working around the clock to protect hardworking Americans like you from the consequences of the economic shutdown. We are fully committed to ensuring that you and your family have the support you need to get through this time. Okay. So uh, I think you may have detected through these podcasts, if you listen, that I'm a little bit on the conservative side. But again, we try to do no politics in this podcast. But that's not right. That's not right. That uh, The way long tradition for decades and decade, decades is the uh, Internal Revenue Service should be completely non-political. There should be no use of its distribution channels for marketing of anything. It shouldn't even be, hi, how are you? Hope you're doing okay. That shouldn't be in there. And in fact, a number of commentators, the former Internal Revenue Service uh, taxpayer advocate came out and wrote a letter saying this is unbelievable and said it makes the agency look like it's the handmaiden of one administration and one party. Well, that's a little strong, uh, but um, but in general, I agree. There should be no political statements of any kind at all. Uh, one can argue, well, President Trump's comment was not a political statement. It was a statement of fact. Well, as uh, uh, there, there, there should be nothing that political in anything related to your taxes because as we went through the Obama administration, there were issues about the, uh, the Obama administration clearly telling uh, the Internal Revenue Service not to approve various nonprofit organizations that had a conservative bent. That was terribly wrong. And if it's wrong on that, it's wrong on this. Then nothing of the mechanism of the Internal Revenue Service who should be a completely unbiased, uh, non-political arbitrator of collecting revenue, giving refunds, taking care of your taxes, period. Uh, it just shouldn't be in that arena. And I agree with that. Um, so... That's common. Now, the next come on, this is more technical. So uh, I've run into this a few times with um, clients where uh, they come to me and their new clients and their old tax preparer through uh, certain vendors, either um, uh, Lacert or some other, some other tax preparation firms uh, who create the software. They said, we got a great idea. You go and um, get the information for your client's tax return. You do a quick calculation on the spot. You give them a uh, refund anticipation loan and you, you, you write them a check. Or you don't give them a loan, but you have an agreement with the client that your fees and the fees of the processors will come out of the refund. Okay, we do not do that at this firm. I think it's unethical. We never, never, never touch our client's money. It's all fraught with, with uh, 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 risks and liability issues, so we never touch our clients' money. But this was going on. I've seen it the last few years. And so the return would be prepared. It would be sent into the IRS, and the IRS would be given the direct deposit account numbers for the accountant or preparer's firm. And so the uh, uh, or for the company who would get the refund, then take their fee out of it and send the accountant the rest 
and then the account would send the rest to the client. Never, never will this CPA firm ever do anything like that. So, okay, well, that's out there. Uh, people are doing it. Uh, I don't, again, I don't understand under CPA rules and any IRS rules how that's even ethical, but I leave that to greater minds to figure out. What's happening now is the darn stimulus checks and impact checks, whatever you want to call them, are, are the IRS then sends it to the last direct deposit account information it had, and it's not you. It's your tax return processor or the accounting firm. This is causing a huge problem. So this is what I call a collateral effect. You do one thing that's wrong and doesn't make sense, and now something else happens when they leverage off the data from the first process, and now you cause a second problem. So how they're going, they're saying, the IRS is saying that uh, their system, don't ask me how, is good enough. So they figure out, oh, that's not really you. And then the payment gets bounced. And so it doesn't get sent out. And so then you go into the hopper of waiting for your, um, your uh, uh, paper check to come in the mail with the nice letter from President Trump, right? And so... Um, there, there, there's, there's problems with this, and I will just, again, give my editorial uh, comment that there's problems with it because it should have never been allowed in the first place for anybody to ever touch uh, the funds of a refund check, and or especially to take their fees. Uh, it's bad, 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 bad policy. Okay, so we've covered that. Again, that's in the USA Today article of April 28th. You can go look at that up for more information. Moving on a bit, um, the, um, the PPP loan. So the, uh, on uh, April 23rd, uh, the House and the Senate finalized and the president signed, might have been the 24th, uh, what they're calling cr the coronavirus bill number uh, 2.0, 2.5 or something, because <laughs> they're working on three and then they're working on four. And I'll have a couple of comments on those in a minute. So the, uh, uh, many companies, many companies I'm not going to even talk about, have done all their loan applications, have gotten approval from their banks. There was a big issue last week and the week before where banks were um, uh, working faster for their own customers. Well, there makes some sense about that. Uh, first, uh, I hear that's not so much of a problem now, but but still uh, there was a problem because the banks knew there wasn't enough money for everyone. So they said, well, if you come in, you got to be a customer of ours already uh, before we're going to go through all this to get your forgivable, refundable, um, I should say forgivable loans. Uh, there's also some grants for $10,000. There's other, some long-term loans to the SBA, but the banks were going, hey, hey, and they quickly ran out of money uh, on the first tranche. So Congress uh, immediately uh, tried to come up with another bill to get more funding. It was like uh, two, 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 three, $350 billion, $340 billion uh, based on their projections. I don't think, I think there's going to be another $340 billion. It's going to go on for a bit. And there was some political um, gamesmanship where, uh, as I mentioned last week, Senator McConnell of the Senate, Republican, got up there and said, hey, let's just pass a bill with one paragraph where we're, we're, we're adding the amount 
this number was this, now it's that. We're increasing the funding and let's just get this done. Don't add anything else. Let's have a clean bill, right? Not a Christmas tree bill where everybody gets a little gift, you know, for all their pet projects, all their ornaments. That's why they're called Christmas tree bills. We Let's just get a clean bill through. People need it and they really, really, really need it. I mean, this is the phone calls I get. People are just, you know, it's a question of, hey, I, I can't get this money. I might've kept this person working here but I can't if I don't get the loan money. I mean, just terrible uh, real life questions. And and this thing spread out for like two weeks because uh, the House and Senate couldn't get their act together and get into an agreement. Well, um, some other things were added there. We can argue, uh, but I'm not arguing. Uh, th- some things to give uh, more money to hospitals and some other items were funded. Okay, whatever, just get it done. And so uh, they got it done. And now, uh, hopefully, all those loans that are in line will uh, get funded and get done, uh, processed, completed, checks sent. And uh, then yesterday, we heard the SBA, the Small Business Administration, had a, a computer collapse in Washington. And so everything was done, even for those who had done everything right. Now the money's there. Well, well, their computer chokes. Now, uh, again, I, I, I have some since I've been in this business almost 40 years, I can go, well, look, I mean, these are, these, are, these are more activity, larger amounts than ever in the history of the country, right? Uh, uh, um, Secretary of Treasury Mnuchin said last week, he says, you know, we've done more loans in 14 days than the SBA has done in 14 years. Uh, these are unprecedented, immense, enormous amounts of activity. So, okay, their computer chokes. As long as it comes back up in a day, let's let's hope everything will be fine. But uh, I, I'm, I'm not uh, certainly not one to start casting blame because these things have never been done before, and and hopefully will never have to be done again, God willing. Right. So um, um, anyway, so those loans are out there. The uh, funding has been added. Now they're going to uh, COVID nineteen bill number three and number four. And um, again, trying not to get too political, uh, this is where they're going to throw in the kitchen sink, right? The, the idea is to is to get into issues. Well, I, again, I, I'm trying to avoid politics, but it, it's a tax issue uh, in that the um, the states are saying, well, we're obviously bankrupt. I, I don't think I'm putting any words in Governor Cuomo's mouth to say we're bankrupt, right? All the expenses of the, the state had some fiscal problems before, especially due to uh, pension obligations, as does California. And uh, now sales tax are down because you're stuck in your house. You're not going out and uh, going to restaurants and uh, paying sales tax. You're not buying as much. Uh, Certainly, if you have little or no income, you're not buying as much because you're in survival mode. Uh, You're waiting for your unemployment checks, which as I hear, in California, people who have even applied three, four weeks ago have not gotten their first check. That's not good. That's not good. So sales tax revenues, which is a huge, it's like 90 or $100 billion in California comes in as sales tax. And a lot of that is down 40, 50%. Well, that immediately cr- you know, cranks through the state financial system and Causes big problems. So a lot of states are saying, well, I'm bankrupt. I know it. My uh, accountants in the in the back room have crunched all the numbers with their super duper spreadsheets and said, you know, I'm bankrupt. State's bankrupt. 
So the states are coming in and saying, well, you know, the, the payer of last resort is the federal government. So bail me out. And because states can't go issue bonds, uh, you know, uh, well, they can, but who would buy them if they're bankrupt? <laughs> uh, but states can't print money. That's better put. States can't do some things the federal government with the Federal Reserve Bank in the United States can do to create money from nothing, nothing, which the federal government can do, especially in emergencies. And the Federal Reserve, I'll, I'll, I'll now digress in my ramblings here. Um, some of the reports we're getting are horrific, horrific. You're, a bed, you're in bed at night with yourself or with your loved ones and you know, you've watched your last TV show and you turn off the lights and you, you're, you're snuggly and it's warm. And, and you don't know that in Washington, D.C., the Federal Reserve Bank has injected 50, 60 billion dollars that it created from absolutely nothing so that the ATM machines will work in the next morning. Because if it didn't, by like two o'clock in the morning, uh, the banks would go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm done. Can't do it. That's happening night after night after night. And they've been given some of that authority by Congress. But uh, most people don't understand monetary policy uh, enough to know that there are emergency measures from the bank of last resort. The last bank is the Federal Reserve Bank, who is now taking extraordinary actions to make sure all the other banks can keep doing what they're doing, even without people paying as much taxes Oh, I can tell you at this firm, uh, under the CARES Act, there's provisions to allow you to take losses that you had in 2018. Even in some cases, I won't get too technical about it, losses you have in 2019. Uh, uh, that, that's a little extreme. It, it's not quite that. But certainly 19, in 18, there was a bill passed, uh, the uh, Tax Reform Act 2017, said you can no longer take your net operating losses in 2018 and carry them back to get a refund in 2017 or 16. That's been the rule for 15 years, whatever. And there was another rule that was more generous long before that. Well, you couldn't do it. You could only carry the loss forward to offset future profits. Well, they lifted that. And so companies that had losses in 2018 are rushing. I mean, rushing like people working all night here in this firm to get the refund claims, which are not easy to prepare. That's a lot of work together uh, uh, to get those into the treasury and to uh, claim to get an immediate refund check of taxes they might've paid in 2016 or 17 for losses in 2018 was that were previously barred under the 2017 Tax Reform Act. Uh, and certainly going forward, they're saying you can carry back losses. There are certain forms you can file to get anticipatory refunds, like if you've uh, made estimated tax payments uh, for the current year, but you think you're going to have a big loss because the world's falling apart. You can file a form and say, hey, give me back some of those estimated tax payments because I'm swearing that I'm the return I'm going to file next year. I already know I'm going to have a loss. So you don't need any of my estimated tax payments. Give them back right now. Um, all that's good. All that's technical. All that's a lot of forms. All that's a lot of numbers. But I've seen the reports, the net effect are just like taking a bulldozer and digging a 50-foot hole in the United States Treasury because the IRS gets them. They're trying to be helpful. They process them in a few weeks, uh, sometimes longer, sometimes a lot longer, but they promise to be quick uh, during this emergency. And, and the, the Treasury issues the check. 
Well, where does Treasury get the money? You know, uh, I'm, again, I'm, I'm rambling uh, a bit, but the U.S. Treasury never has more than two weeks worth of money, uh, even in good times. Uh, they get it from payroll taxes mostly and other taxes people pay, corporations pay taxes and so forth. But the vast majority of the money that government runs on is payroll taxes. And almost, you know, very often Apple Computer has more money in its cash account than the federal government. Did you know that? That's really frightening. Yeah. So, uh, so when you're running a, a, a government with two weeks of float on your cash flow, and then many, many companies are going to go and ask for huge amounts of money that were paid two and three years ago, two years ago, maybe three years ago with the timing. Uh, don't hold me to that. Uh, that the government thought was, for, was, was clarified. It was for certain. That money came in two or three years ago. It was spent because it followed all the rules. There's no reason it would, would think the money isn't for sure, you know, permanent. I should say a permanent payment to the government. And now the law changed. Uh, Senate's and uh, Senate and the House and the President agreed, and now the Treasury has to deal with the fact that money it thought would never have to be returned has to come out by the dumpster full of money. Just huge amounts of funds are going to. Did this happen again after two thousand eight? Huge amounts of money uh, having to be paid out, and so that's happening, and it's uh, really, really something to watch. Um, I hope we make it through it. Um, uh, my, my personal, uh, fear is that I have some fears about the uh, stability of the U S dollar. And I, as I expressed a minute ago, I have some fears about the stability of the banking system. We haven't seen that, uh, in this country in over a hundred years where there was risks about that, but, uh, this goes on much longer. There may very well be, but okay, I'm going too far afield. I hope that was some uh, good information. So we'll wait and see what happens with COVID-19 no, bill number three and number four, and uh, to how what to what extent the um, uh, all of the state problems and other and other agenda items on, for both parties. Again, trying to stay even here. Both parties get thrown in the hopper when the uh, national credit card seems to be having an unlimited balance uh, that that they the, the, in an emergency uh, they can do whatever they want. Uh, we'll see what they'll do. At one point, to me, as an observer, the point is, when does somebody, when does the adult in the room say, no more, no more? Of course you have a worthy cause. There's lots of worthy cause. There's lots of reasons your worthy cause wasn't funded years ago. There's lots of reasons. It's not going to get funded now. But uh, it's, uh, because at some point you do destroy the, the dollar and the bank's and, uh, but let's go back to technical things with taxes. Okay. So the IRS issued, uh, on March 3rd, an interesting revenue procedure that I had not focused on as much as I should have revenue procedure 2020-17. So if you have a foreign pension account, now most of you people are, are saying, well, of course I don't. So what do I care? And you're right. You don't care. I don't care. But there has long been a significant high penalty issue about U.S. taxpayers with foreign pension accounts. The IRS seems to be exempting retirement and educational trusts, foreign retirement and educational trust structured similarly to uh, U.S. retirement plans from the informational reporting requirements using Form 3520 and 3520A. 
So here's the background on it. Uh, in, uh, in Canada, the UK, Australia, Singapore, France, and many other countries, foreign accounts uh, we would consider a 401k, a SEP, an IRA, defined benefit plan, defined contribution account, may be deemed under 1990 tax rules in the U.S. to be a foreign trust. And uh, that's a problem if you're a U.S. resident, U.S. taxpayer, U.S. citizen, because then you have to go to Form 3520 and 3520A each year. Even if there was no distribution from the trust, even if there was no contribution to the trust, there may be, uh, there may be no U.S. tax deferral on the investment income in this retirement trust. Further, there may be look-through rules where you have to drill right into the uh, items in the account that require further international tax disclosures. I won't go into PFIC and 926 forms and blah, blah. I'll just, your, your eyes will glaze over, but it can be horrendous. There, this has been a nightmare as the fees to do a proper job to file a form 3520 and 3520A can easily, easily be higher than the fees to prepare all the other parts of all the other income tax returns. These forms are hard. We could do two hours on the requirements of a 3520 and a 3520A. So then to make it worse, a 3520A, which is like the annual income statement of sorts, uh, is not extended with the form 1040 extension. And it requires a separate extension under Form 7004 based on the foreign trust year. Not the U.S. trust year, but the foreign trust year. And in many countries, these trusts have a fiscal year that's not calendar year. So now you go, okay, well, I'm a calendar year taxpayer, but my trust is in India. And so, oh, I think that's March 30th. So the extension's due in June. Uh, you know, all these things. Well, what if you make a mistake? The penalties can be 30%. Of, uh, of, of certain amounts in the trust. I'm exaggerating some. Most are a little smaller, but they're big, God-slapping numbers. Uh, so it's uh, important to think about. There was an issue with Canadian retirement accounts called RRSPs I worked through with a number of clients a few years ago. And uh, that was resolved in 2014 by, with a ruling saying, just do this. Really simple. You get a deferral of all the income. We're going to treat these just like American trust accounts. And uh, you really just get taxed when you take the money out. If you've done all the proper disclosure, you don't have to do a 3520 or 3520A. And that is that was good news. So I think that the IRS says they're going down the same road, but it is not clear. I've looked at this. Many people have looked at it. It's not clear that they're giving you a deferral of income. So you may still have to report all the income earned by your foreign pension account even though you may be exempted from filing Form 3520, 3520A. So there's a number of issues. Well, what if you missed your 3520 and 3520A over the last 10 years because you had this stupid retirement account from the little job you had in England 20 years ago? And uh, who cares? Well, who cares, right? Who cares? Retirement account. I'll pay taxes when I get the money. Wrongo. You have an immense prior year issue that needs to be resolved, and I can't... Uh, even go through all that, call us if you have that situation. There was a comment in the revenue procedure saying uh, that if the taxpayer is in compliance, meaning they've done everything right in the past, or comes into compliance, meaning they retroactively go back and solve a number of the problems that exist in the past, uh, they may get some relief under this revenue procedure 
I, I in, infer from that, meaning you may get some relief from not filing 3520s or 3520As in the past when you should have, if you get everything right and uh, pay any income taxes you should have for prior years on your retirement earnings. Don't take that from me. Uh, come on in if you have a problem with this. Talk to somebody. These are whole. Uh, these are really, really complicated, risky, terrible situations, and the IRS can be extremely harsh on people. But generally, I'd say uh, this is a bit of good news. It seems, uh, you know, what, what, it, why did this occur? I, I like to look for root causes, right? Why did this occur? This occurred because so many people had not done their 3520s, 3520As. Some way or the other, they got caught or they wanted that they came in to try to clean it all up. And the IRS said, well, here's your penalty. Boom. Penalties and interest, you're going to lose 50% of your pension. I mean, I've seen these calculations. They're enormous, enormous. And then the person does what I, I have done in the past. I've written the IRS letter say, this is unconstitutional. This is unconstitutional. This is an excessive fine. You know the part of the Constitution that says there should not be cruel and unusual punishment? Uh, that's capital punishment uh, provision. The rest of the sentence in the Constitution says there cannot be excessive fines. So if you had a, a foreign pension account, you didn't know about it, uh, or you forgot about it, or maybe you intentionally ignored it, okay, all right, you're happy to pay some income taxes if you're supposed to. More importantly, you were thinking all these years, well, I'll just pay taxes when I get the distributions. I have no cash in my hand. Why should I pay tax when I have no cash in my hands? And I can't get it even if I wanted it to. It's all trapped under the rules of the trust. Well, uh, um, uh, so the IRS would assess these huge, huge uh, penalty uh, on, on these situations. People would get their lawyers. They'd file all these appeals. And it sounds like uh, the reason the rev proc has come up because the IRS says, geez, we're wasting so much time on fighting these uh, cases. Sometimes we've heard, sometimes they fold and say they don't want to have a case. Here's the Ron Cohen view of it, which is of no value, is the IRS does not want to have a case in the federal court that says, yes, that provision for the penalty is unconstitutional because that sets precedent for everyone else. So... They end up folding uh, after you appeal. And I've done appeal, appeal, appeal. That's my advice. Here's some free advice. Keep appealing. Appeal, 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 appeal. Uh, file to go to court. And the IRS attorney will finally, after two years will go by, he'll step in and he says, I don't want to go into a courtroom on this case. Settle. And they'll settle. Because unless you've done something clearly terribly horrible, you know, they'll, they will settle. Because in this situation with 3520, 3528s, they do not want to take the risk of, they call it the hazards of litigation. And uh, their, ha their hazard, not yours, their hazard of lit litigation is you go into a courtroom and you win. And that sets the precedent for everybody else. And first, they're embarrassed. Two, you know, that's some real money. So it looks like uh, this ruling is trying to make 3520s and 3528s there's some limitations. There's some specifics. You got to look at all the rules, whether your foreign trust pension plan applies uh, to figure out whether you fit within the rev proc. But if it is, if you do, it's a, uh, it's a very good thing. Okay, moving on to the last item we're going to cover, Form 7200, new form. Uh, this is a payroll tax form. I'll just do it quickly um, with the CARES Act and the uh, prior act, the Family First Coronavirus Act, 
FFCRA. Uh, there were many types of credits you could take if you are uh, for payroll tax related to wages paid to sick employees for wages paid to people you're keeping uh, on at work for various reasons. Way too much. I tried to cover some of it. Uh, I will go to 10,000 feet and say, please, please, please talk to your payroll service provider. They are all geared up. They know all the rules. They're the ones that do the forms. They're the ones that send it in. They know all the little tweaks and details. Talk to their payroll people. And if you have an HR department, talk to them because they got all smart about this. And uh, so there's various credits available. Well, one of the situations that Congress anticipated was you may have more credits. So, so if you have a lot of credits, but you also owe a lot of payroll tax, no problem. Boom. Offset one with the other. Boom. You know, you just owe the net. Uh, you get a refund of any overpaid payroll taxes and all's good. You know, it takes uh, 30 days or whatever for all that to work out for you to get paid, but all's good. Uh, but a lot of people are finding, well, they have more credits than they owe in taxes, so they can't do an offset. They actually want a refund check, right? So you can file Form uh, 7200. I have not worked through this. I am not a payroll specialist. And they did this because they anticipated there'll be situations where people, and they want to get money out to people, where employers need to get a check, are entitled to the check under all the new rules, and this is how you apply for it. And so uh, um, take a look at 7200 if you think that might possibly be your case. But more importantly, talk to your payroll service provider because they're already really smart on it because that's what they do for a living is have, help their clients uh, get these refunds and get their payroll taken care of. Okay. Well, I hope that was interesting. Again, this is Ron Cohen at Greenstein Rogoff Olson & Company in beautiful downtown Fremont, California. 510-797-8661. Uh, call us anytime. If you have questions, I'm happy to chat a little bit with anybody uh, before we engage. Uh, and if um, uh, please uh, take no reliance on anything you hear in this podcast without verifying it somewhere with somebody. Uh, again, you can verify it with us <laughs> in a direct one-on-one client, uh, CPA to client uh, relationship. But uh, uh, always be, everything is so fast moving. Everything is uh, up in the air. And uh, we just want to make sure you, if you file something, claim a refund, uh, run to your banker and said, Ron Cohen told me we can do this. Well, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Make sure I have directly told you you can do this. And I hope you all stay well and socially distanced. That's enough for this week. Thanks very much. Bye-bye now.